it's yeah. I think it's it's a really great conversation because Joel's just going to basically be sharing about some different wrestles and places that he's gone to in his life, and I think it's really relevant for for all of us. And it's great to great to have you, man. Just um, yeah, being honest with us, it's good. All right, Carrie. Great. Well, my news is that I so for those of you who don't know, I had knee surgery about three months ago, and this week I graduated from weekly physio to fortnightly physio. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the bank balance is appropriately diminished and applauding the new uh, thing. Um, so one of the things we really value, am I going to be too, is this all right? Yeah, sorry. No one sits in the front row. Oh, are you right? Yeah, okay. Um, one of the things we really value at, at Central Church is honesty. It hit my head, and vulnerability, and um, just bringing our full selves um, to both God and each other, knowing that as we do that, um, that's usually the places where we experience kind of healing and wholeness, when instead of hiding parts of ourselves or rejecting parts of ourselves, we're willing to just say, hey, this is who I am, and um, both to one another and to God. And so that's what Joel's going to be doing um, with us tonight. Um, and what I would like is that as much as possible, I mean, I know we're sitting in a room in rows and it's not quite, you know, the full context of just having a conversation, but that's what I'm hoping we kind of hit tonight is this we feel like we've had a conversation together and um, if, if at any, you know, we'll have some time where if you want to ask Joel a question, um, we can do that. And um, so if, if you think of something along the way that you think I'd really like to ask Joel that, then just... Keep it in the back of your mind. So this is Joel and that's Jen and they're um, beautiful friends of ours. Jen leads a church in Christchurch, New Zealand and it's a great um, creative church that does all kinds of wonderful things and they're a part of our network that our church is a part of so that's how we've connected. And Joel, you are an engineer of which variety? Structural one. Structural engineer. And you obviously are not Kiwi. No, UK. So we've been in we've been in Kiwiland for five years now. Yeah. And how did you well, like? Tell, just tell us a bit about if you would like to say this is my story and like. Yeah. So I, I guess what took us there in the first place was was my job. So many of you all know the the Christchurch earthquakes hit in 2010 and 2011. So the city was was pretty wrecked. I don't know if many of you have been there since the earthquakes, but it, it got hammered. It got absolutely hammered. Um, and so they just, you know, they just had a massive um, shortfall on people with the skills to, to basically um, rebuild the city. So um, it, w- it was never really on our radar, like to do something like that. And it's not really kind of in our blood, if you say, Jen. But um, I, I guess I just had the thought, and uh, and we and we just kept thinking about it. And then perhaps it was like a year later, we we took the plunge and moved moved the family out to to Christchurch, and we've been there since. So yeah, I think it's. Pretty much five years, or knocking on five years that we've been there, and then um, I guess with that, uh, there's there's a whole load of stories. But we we've ended up starting a church, and that's how we've kind of got to know Luke and Caro through the network. And first coming to Aussie was probably the the moment where we we started to really feel connected, like we felt homesick for for a long time. And it was a it was a real it it was it was good, you know, like we felt like it was the right thing, but it was really hard to be so far away from family and friends and just 
you know, we were very connected with our church back in back in the UK in Southampton, and so t- to move there and stuff, it was it was quite a wrench. It, it felt like the right thing, but it was it was pretty pretty tough. And then just gradually, I think we've felt like we've connected in more, and it's just, I mean, it's great to be here. It's really good. It's awesome. And Joel, so did you grow up Christian? What's your like? If you were to tell yeah. your faith story a bit, yeah, yeah, grew up Christian. Um, my my dad was a was a church leader. We had a pretty rough run there where he um, he led a church and it all kind of dissolved. So there's a whole story there. But so for maybe five years in my kind of teenage years, from sort of fifteen, maybe fourteen, fifteen through to eighteen, nineteen, sort of somewhere around there, I, I wasn't really wasn't really into it. And then I guess um, so I went to church for the wrong reasons because. Mum, mum was going along to a place, and she said there was a nice young girl there, which was Jen. Um, so went went to church for all the wrong reasons, probably. But in a, in a way, in a way, it was what kind of got me back into uh, into into God. And then I, I guess I found a relationship for myself uh, at uni and stuff, and got got connected in with a with a great church. And I've just really found a faith for myself. You know, like I think when you're brought up in a Christian home, you kind of you know, you just kind of ride off the back of your, your folks a bit, maybe. And um, I've probably done that a bit, so it was great to find my own faith and feel like I had my own relationship with God, I suppose. Yeah. Good. So, you know, other than moving your family and your whole life across the other side of the world mm. and starting a new job in a new city, um, that all ticked along okay for a little while. Yeah. And then... Two and a half years ago, you really crashed, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I, I felt like I was ticking along pretty well, and then and then just various kind of life situations, I think. So so I think those things were were a bit of a backdrop there, you know, kind of moving family, that sense of purpose and grounding, that kind of thing was probably just sat in the background. I would just ignore it, but I just got to a stage where I think we were just so busy with with work and church and. Uh, and, and all those things that I don't know. It was almost it was almost overnight. I just felt like I I, I completely crashed and hit a wall. And um, you know, I look back now, and it was it was massive massive case of anxiety and depression. And it just and it and it just it just hit me like it literally was like a brick wall. And and overnight, I just I was just in a real real state. And I think the biggest thing about it was I just didn't have any understanding of what was going on. You know, it was just this thing hit me. I felt horrendous, like I couldn't, I couldn't stop spiraling thoughts, and physically I was, I think, probably having panic attacks and that kind of thing, and I just, and then the whole thing escalates because you're like, what's going on, you know, like I, my, my world is ending, and um, so it just, just a real tough time I entered pretty, what felt like quite instantly, and, you know. And what did, what did that actually look like? So like you, I mean, I mean, I know you mentioned panic yeah. attacks, but... Yeah. Um, I suppose one of the biggest symptoms. So I did. I did just feel anxious. I don't know, like you know, like nervous, like nervousness, but like constant. Um, and it didn't. It didn't really make sense, you know, in situations where I'd normally just be totally fine. You know, I just would feel unduly nervous or anxious, kind of thing. And um, and then the, coupled with that, like the sleep thing was just horrendous. Like I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. I think I probably went three months really without proper without a proper night's sleep. And of course, that compounds everything, you know, because you're just in this state, and then you're not sleeping, and then it's all just spiraling down. And and I could just feel like the thoughts, just the negative thoughts, would just be quite overpowering. I think, you know, just like, how am I going to get through this? What's going on? This is crazy. Where's Where's God? <laughs> Did you tell anyone? 
Uh, yeah, I was. I told. I told Jen like um, you, you were pretty aware of what, what what I was going through, and I I'd just be in a panic. Like I'd, I'd wake Jen up at night, just like, "What's going on? I can't. I you know I can't. I can't sleep. I'm just lying here awake, and I'm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you don't. Um, so, um, but I did talk. I did talk to someone else, sort of in involved in our church community had been through something similar and she was she was really great um I, I don't know if you guys find this but there's definitely a stigma around this whole thing particularly in christian circles and for me like the thought of going to the doctor and stuff was probably quite i don't know shouldn't do that really kind of thing um but she was just really wise and just said you, you just need to go to the doctor and just start there don't don't look beyond that just go talk to the doctor see what he says and so i did and um so straight away he put me on some antidepressants and, I, and he gave me some sleeping pills. So that was a, a good first step because I, I got a night's sleep and I, and I started to get a few nights sleep in a row, you know, just drop a, drop a sleeping pill and just knock, knock me out. And, and, you know, at the time that's just what I needed, you know, because I just go to bed and, and, yeah, and I, I just would feel like my world was, you know, just completely turned upside down. So that was... Um, I guess I was thinking about it earlier today, and I, I was thinking, you know, because um, I'm sure there's people with experiences in the room, like, that. that's the first thing that has, has helped me in my journey, is to, to be okay with that, that's okay, to, to go do that, and um, those those guys are professionals, and, 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 and um, they, they can see what's needed, and he, he looked at me and said, that's what I need, so I listened to him, and I did it. That's very good. What, what, what were you doing with God in that time? In that, in that, like that, before you know, in that crisis, like what? What yeah, did Joel ju- and God Yeah, look God like? just made things worse. I felt um, <laughs> because, because in a way, like you just as a Christian, you kind of think, you know, how can he? How could he? How could I be going through this if I've uh, got a relationship with him and I just didn't feel like he was he was there? Like I just felt like you just you just feel like completely on your own, I think, just on your own island. Um, did, did, you, did you talk to him? Did you yell at him? Did you give him the silent treatment? Did you...? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I... I don't know if I actually felt that angry at him, if you know what I mean. I think it was more just like I couldn't understand, and that was that was compounding things because because in that whole thing you're trying to understand what's going on, and and that makes things worse because then you're just when your brain is already doing that, you're then analysing on top of a brain state which is already amped up, and so so that was the hardest thing. I didn't necessarily feel that angry though. I don't think I just. Just that not understanding was really messing me up, I think. Um, but I did do various things like just try and like just try and pray and like quote stuff from quote scriptures and that from the Bible, particularly at night, you know, when I couldn't sleep. I would try and do things like that and I'd wake my wife up and say, um, what's going on? <laughs> but I <laughs> I feel I feel like like reflecting on it now, like a few years on, it it was um, you know it wasn't and I, 
I've heard this said, it, I didn't feel like it was any one thing that led me to the crash, but just a whole plethora of stuff. And then I just finally reached breaking point and um, bang, I was just like, nah. My brain was like, no. Um, yes. Yes. Kiwi, the Kiwis say yes. Yes. Hey, Jane, come in here. I'll, I'll get you to come in here. Get you another chair. Oh. Yeah, that one. And I'll get you this one. Oh, no, you can. See next to Joel. You can. Um, what was all this like for you? So you're getting woken up in the middle of the night, not by one of your three young children. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty annoying. I was quite cross at Joel for for, for waking me up. <laughs> or, and just and because I didn't understand, I didn't understand really what was going on at all. I could get quite cross at him because I'm just like. I would say annoying things. Yeah, I'd say pull it together. Come on, just just sort yourself out. You're fine. Look, I'd be like, look at all the great things that we have. <laughs> and I'd I'd find myself getting frustrated with him because he wouldn't do that. <laughs> he was just, I could see he was spiraling, and I didn't understand that because I'm not, I don't don't have an experience of that or much experience of that. So Joel had to actually tell me what to do. And this was after we talked to our friend Lisa, who's been on a journey with that too. And she said, he's, Joel said to me, I don't want you to tell me what to do. I want you to tell me. I, I want you to listen. And I want you to say, I'm okay. <laughs> and so I had to learn to use empathy, which also is probably not one of my, like... <laughs> strengths or like natural things I do I'm probably more like the male you know how there's often like a male and female thing I'm more the male in that I want to solve the problem I'd want to fix it so I had to learn I had to learn to listen to Joel and not say you need to do this or you should do this I had to sit and listen to him cry and whine and moan and <laughs> Dead. <laughs> you did. So you you go to the doctors, you get yeah. some meds, and then what does the next little season kind of look like? Um, I I guess I got I got onto reading stuff quite quick. Like I'm, I, yeah, I just felt that was gonna that was gonna help me. So I I I, I read quite a quite a lot of stuff, but also I probably just I just let let them let the meds kind of kick in, I think, for a bit and just, like, not look past that. You know, that was probably probably quite a good thing because I just didn't need I didn't need more on my plate to kind of think about or do or try and be. So that was that was good. And then I guess, so I just, I just was on those for, for, for quite a while. And then, and then just through some of the stuff I, I was, re I was reading, you know, Christian and non-Christian stuff, I just... Like books on anxiety and things like that, is that what you mean? Reading like books on anxiety, yeah, anxiety and depression stuff, yeah, and um, yeah, I just I, I started to kind of practice a, a few things. So, like one of the things that um, 
that's really helped me in my journey, I think, is that um, like when I was in that state, I just, I just didn't have any control at all. So like, and I, and I had no association with my thoughts that I actually had any form of control there or decision about what I was actually thinking about. Like I just felt like I was getting completely rolled. Does that, does that make sense? Like your thought life is just going frantic and out of control, and, but there's nothing I could do. But gradually I learned that there is stuff that I can do. And I just started to practice um, what I'd call kind of like arresting negative thought patterns and cycles. So I, I started to identify what, I, what was not helpful. And I just actively started to say, no, I'm not going to go down that path. Can you give us an example? Is that, is that um, too personal? Like, no, give us an example personal. of a Joel thought train. Um, just as a backdrop thing, I don't know if you guys can associate, but I think one of the factors in it for me was, is about self-pressure. So I have really high standards for myself in terms of what I want to achieve and where I want to be in life. And so that's definitely a backdrop. So with that, a negative cycle would be that because I'm feeling crap and I, and I, I, like the negative thought cycle is, you feel rubbish, you're never going to be able to do this, you're never going to be able to do that, and then identity is gone. Do you know what I mean? Like you've, the, the bottom of it is just dropped out. And so that was quite a, and that was, a, that was like a from, from hero to zero type of a thought pattern, if you know what I mean. So it could just smack me like I could be all right, and then I'd hit that, and it'd be like, I'd be black. I would be really black. And um, I just started to process that in a bit more of a rational way rather than a feelings way, because the feeling was very... I'm not getting out of this. But actually, the reality was, I started to think, like, I might feel anxious in a certain scenario, but it is just, it is just anxiety. Like, I don't like the feeling. I don't, I don't like the feeling at all. I, I hate it. But I've started to learn to kind of be a bit more like, I feel anxious. Okay. You know, that's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world. No, no one's going to die. I'm not going to die. Um... And it will, it will pass. And it, it, that feeling might last for hours or whatever, but it will, it will pass at, at some point, you know. And uh, that sort of, a, that sort of started, starts to flip the script a bit, I think, just in terms of what you're actually allowing across your bowels, if you know what I mean. As I just felt like it would just come across me and I just had no... I was just getting rolled, absolutely rolled by that thought cycle. Wow. Does anyone have a question they want to ask Joel at this point? I just wanted to know how that looked like at That's work good. for Joel. You know, how, yeah. how he felt about his work capabilities, what other people thought, and how, what was the reality in between. Um, that was probably one of the hardest areas because there was so much of my identity in work kind of thing. And so that was, that was often the thing that was a real trigger was that if I feel like this, I'm not going to be able to work and then I can't provide for my family and all of those things that, you know, go with that in terms of what I want to be. And so it would, it would be, re that was really, really hard. But all, all I did was I just, I just kept doing it. <laughs> no, I actually didn't. I don't. Uh, it was like literally the odd day or two, but it really was, you know, it, 
nothing out of the ordinary. I just kept plugging away and just kept, kept at it. And in some ways, I reflect on that quite positively. Like, I didn't, I don't think, for me personally, taking two, three months off was, would have achieved an awful lot, I don't think. Like, because I think it was more, um, it was more about me unpacking what I was thinking and feeling and stuff like that. And just, I just kept, just kept plodding on. So, um, but then using that one as a specific thing, I just started to gradually get to a point and just literally look back like a week or even a day or half a day and say, I was really nervous or anxious about that moment or whatever or going in there and then looking back and say, do you know what, I actually did it. Like I might not have felt the way I wanted to feel, but I did get through it. And that you start to build on that rather than the, the negative of, I feel rubbish. You start to build on the positive of, yeah, even if I did, I, I still got through it and I was fine. And just really, because I feel conscious I haven't mentioned God yet, because God really has been a part of that journey, like in terms of helping me. Um, it's, and it sounds awful, but it's like he was a, it was a backstop. So I'm not saying that was right, because he should be, I feel like he should be more prominent in my life than he was. But he was a backstop there in terms of that sense of like identity. I could really identify with people that just literally hit rock bottom and they've got no, and they've got nothing. I still felt like I had something because because of God. Do you know what I mean? Like I still felt I had underlying it all a, a sense of life and purpose in Him, despite feeling complete complete rubbish. Does that make sense? It's good. So um. Yeah, so that, that's a specific one, the sleep thing, because the sleep thing was just horrendous. And I just really, um, so I was on the sleeping drugs for quite a long time, but I just started to wean off them. And then all of a sudden one day I was just like, I'm just not going to bother taking one tonight and see how we go. And um, yeah, all of a sudden I was sleeping really good. And, um, I, you know, I felt, you know, that was a victory along the way. Do you know what I mean? But the key thing is, the key thing for me in that was, was just about having an, an ability in my own mind to choose what I was thinking. And so the thing that would keep me awake, I think, was just getting that, you know, just getting over, overrun, but actually choosing to kind of step in and, and, re, and really, like, in God, be saying, be, you know, talking over myself or, or thinking about actually the fact that he is good and he does want good for me in my life. And it's not that I'm not going to go through hard things, because this was the hardest thing I've ever been through. So I fully believe in going through hard things with God, but also fully believe in the hope that, that, we, that we have in those times and the fact that he, he is in there and he, and he does want to be at, with us in that journey. Do you know what I mean? And that was really, that's really powerful, and it remains probably the most powerful thing for me now, like with, with, with where I'm at, and so, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm out of the woods because I'm not. It's a daily, it's a daily thing. I, you know, I feel anxious, at, you know, times and stuff. Sure. Um. Yeah. <laughs> in, in my um, you know, cr- Christians are getting better, I suppose, at talking about mental health and um, at, and how our mental health intersects with our spirituality and our mm. physicality. And, and I think, you know, generally, I guess we're recognising more about the whole person. But I do watch, like, in, in Christian circles, there seems to be kind of two, two extremes in a way of how we deal with mental illness. On, on one extreme is the, 
If you just pray and believe, God will, God will heal you and there's a miracle around the corner for you. Like there's, the, there's that miraculous thing, like just hold on, God's miraculously going to heal yeah. you yeah. and you need more faith or you need more whatever. There's that on one hand. Yeah. And on the other hand, I think as, as Christians, the danger is to forget that God is actually in the whole thing and yeah. we just totally secularise it or, you know, forget... So, so what would you have to say to both of those extremes? Just from your opinion, like I'm sure you in your reading or just in your awareness of the Christian world, you, know, you, you probably know both those extremes. What would, what would you have to say to, to speak into it? Like, like personally, I would, I, would, I would back away from the black and white a bit more now. Like um, but maybe before I went on drugs and, and went through what I went through, I would have probably been a bit more a bit more black and white. Not, I ne- never really understood people, you know, that you know talked about being depressed or whatever. And then I've had depression, and it's real. <laughs> it's real. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm both. Like, I, I don't have a problem with people that that, that get healed, but I don't feel like that would be my personal journey. I feel like it's much more um, me journeying it with God and actually establishing my identity in him more and more and I think as I've as I've gradually um, so one of the things that's happened in the last two years we've started our own business and like when I was when this thing kicked off there's there's not a hope that I would have been in that place to be able to do that but in terms of the journey that I'd gone on I've kind of got this underlying confidence in his role and his the life that he gives me and what he wants for me, that I can step out and do things even though they're scary and they're full of stress and like I can't say to you that it's been plain sailing doing running a business, but um, I, I'm in such a, such a better place than I was and so thankful to God in terms of the timing of that that I, that I kind of crashed before. I, don't, I haven't answered your question at all here, have I? I've gone off piste, haven't I? A little bit. Um, so, so miracles, mm-hmm. God's nowhere. Yeah. Um, just, just. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I guess I would probably struggle with a kind of miracle solution. I don't feel like that has been. It's just, it's just a very gradual, a gradual thing, and something that I just have to actively include God in and and, and let Him in. But also, you know, in the in the secular world, there's good stuff. Like some of the stuff I've articulated there is is kind of a. It's kind of a CBT type of a thing in terms of the fact, just recognizing that we ha- we have certain thoughts and we're you know we don't just have to get, you know be rolled by what's going on up there. We we we've got an, an active role in what we're choosing to to kind of think about and what we're choosing to focus on, and we can really bring God into our thought life and our kind of worshiping God with our mind. You know, that's probably yeah CBT cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is just kind of looking at the association or, or the relationship between thoughts and feelings and, 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 and all that stuff and sort of interrupting negative thought patterns and that kind of thing. But I just think you can do it. That's all good stuff. But the most powerful thing is when you bring God into that because God really helps us interrupt negative thought patterns that um, when we can bring him in and from, from a place of identity in him. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if my identity's solely wrapped up in my work and what I can achieve as and bring in for my family then there's no wonder the bottom drops out of it if it goes away and I'm feeling rubbish whereas if I 
have my identity in God and something drops out, it's, it's not actually quite the same at the end of the world. I've still got that trust thing there that it's, it is going to be okay and I, w- I will come through. Not that it won't be hard, but, it, but I will come through and he's, he's, he cares for me sort of thing. One of the, one of the things we, we both kind of did at that time as well was to really focus on what our identity in God looked like. So, and one of the things that we, that Joel also then encouraged me to do through the way you would, because of what Joel was going through, was to literally almost like, we would do things like we'd breathe in Abba Father and we'd breathe out, I'm your beloved. And I know that sounds really, that sounds silly. And it sounds almost like, oh, duh. But when you do that and you actually stop in your day, I find myself still doing it if I'm hanging out the washing, you know, I've been blitzing it all morning, getting the kids to school, feeding them breakfast, you know, we're rushing, we're running late for the day. If I stop for like literally 30 seconds while I'm hanging out the washing and breathe it in, Abba Father, I'm your beloved. Like it's, it's just like, it's like what, I feel like it's what he wants us to do. You know, he wants us just to connect with him. And I think part of the problem for the, for Jolie at the time was maybe that he just wasn't including God. You could see how he just wasn't including God in in everything. He was putting all his security and identity in what he could achieve and what he was doing and how good he was. And Joel is very very talented at what he does. So he, you know, that was it was easy. That was easy to do that in a sense because it because it is when you're good at something you can go there. That's my. I'm really good at that. Yes, okay, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to keep doing that because it makes me feel good and that's great and that's part of who who God's made Joel to be. But I just, we cannot do it without our Father and without knowing that he totally loves us and that we are totally his. That is like, it's like that is the, that backstop that Joel's talking about. That is like, it's like that rock, you know, and one of our, we've got a friend recently who's in the same position as Joel um, was two years ago and he is just can't sleep and he's, he shared with us his story but he doesn't know Jesus and he, you can just see him like scrambling like, like the sinking, you know that whole thing about I never really understood before the sinking sand and the rock, you know on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other, all other ground is sinking sand I can just see him scrambling, he's like He's just got nothing to put his foot on. And then you go to him the next week and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all fine now. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Now everything's settled down, circumstance-wise, oh, yeah, I'm fine. But you can just see, I can see a difference between Joel and between this other guy. I can just see, even though Joel is not necessarily like, he still experienced, you'd still experience anxiety and you'd still sometimes get a panic attack. You know, you might still have like, you know, things that go on, you know, and those kind of things, thought, the, you know, the, the spiral thoughts might happen sometimes. There is a, like a rock, there's like a difference I can just see between knowing it's okay because I know you like fall back on a rock and you don't sink. I, I don't know how else to describe that, but it's, it's like out of a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. One of the things I've been kind of thinking of and learning a little bit about recently, maybe you can just reflect on this, is this idea that, like, I think historically, particularly in Christian circles, we've sort of thought of anxiety and depression as, like, these just bad things that we need to get rid of. 
Um, but I guess some of what I've been thinking about is the fact that they're not necessarily bad in themselves and they actually can be actually really good things because they are things that point out deeper things that are happening in our lives. So yeah. rather than seeing them as the enemy or the something that needs to be fixed, they're like lenses to see what's going on a bit deeper. Would you relate to that? Like you've talked a bit about identity stuff. Is there other things that you mm. kind of go, oh, wow, it's, it's shone a light on some of that sort of stuff? Like I would 100% agree with what you just said. And uh, something my dad actually said to me was the, like the problem is very rarely the problem. And that, that was quite, it's quite powerful um, in that context because that, that's exactly how I see what, I, what I've gone through that, yeah, that's the outwork, the anxiety and depression is the outworking, but there's something sort of deeper that's happening inside of me which is not, which is not quite right. And it's, it's more of a symptom thing than it is the cause of that, if you see what I mean. So... I, I don't. I think it is an ident for me. It was. It was just an ident an identity thing, and it's not like an overnight thing that I've suddenly got it all sorted and fixed, and 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 God's now the centre. But there's a, a gradual moving towards of that, and it, it just brings confidence into situations where previously I would be very on edge, I guess. Um, or just even today, being able to share about it is actually quite a privilege. I think just because I felt like through the whole journey I just kind of kept feeling like I hope I can share stuff that's meaningful and can actually help people in in their own journey so just just even things like that I just feel like you know I'm just I want God to to, to use what, what I've gone through and hopefully it can be of benefit but yes I completely completely agree with that are there you oh sorry Beck do you want to ask something yeah run yeah I was just wondering what you think, in light of your experience, your faith community could have done to support you in that and how they could continue to support people in their community that are struggling with depression or anxiety or... Because um, sometimes it's intensely personal yeah. um, and I guess it's a question of the individual, but from your experience, what would have been helpful for you, do you think? I can almost answer that better by telling you what doesn't help. <laughs> Which is kind of like just just trite things that people would say um, would be really hard, just like, oh, I don't know. Um, pull yourself together is literally the worst one. That is just... Because it's not, like, it's, not, it's not... It's not a pull your socks up job because it's, it runs way, way deeper than that. I just think, um, to, to an extent, I think keeping things quite like normal. I think, and um, I'm really struggling here. That that is such a good question that I and I don't I don't actually know the answer because it because it it was quite personal for me and like we our church is still in its infancy and so I probably felt like oh there wasn't really anyone that could totally understand well except maybe Lisa who did did help um so talk, talking to someone that had been there was it was extremely valuable um that definitely definitely helped I, I can't actually think of anything more to answer that at the moment sorry that's cop out in it yeah 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 and i think i think that's probably what i was alluding to with the previous question was that i just think for me like i don't i don't 
the tendency with mental health stuff is just completely tuck it away and like I found that certain people are struggling who you think would really not be struggling. Do you know what I mean? Like people that you think have got it well together and really sorted. Um, and so that's something that I've been very conscious of in my thing that I don't, I don't want to share it like with literally everyone, every, you know, any stranger or anything like that. But I'm quite happy to, to kind of share what I've been through just to kind of help break some of that, just break it off because it's a load of rubbish. Like, it is real. It's a real thing, and people go through it, and we just need to probably talk about it a bit more. And I think it, I think there's that society, and I think maybe it's even worse in church. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. It might be worse. I think like depression, maybe amongst men particularly, is like the the female version of miscarriage. I don't know if any of you've had a miscarriage, but when I I had a miscarriage, um, before we had our eldest. And it was just like no one, I, I thought I was the only one that had ever, that there was no one around me. All my friends, all I could see was people getting pregnant and having babies. And I think it's probably the same bit with depression. You can just see everyone else looks like they're having a great time. And, and you're not, you know, it's, that's actually not the case. Um, so it does, I think it requires probably what you guys are just exactly what you're doing, which is creating an honest and open community where you know what's going on for people. Um, and you can go and ask someone if you know they've been through the same thing. You know, I know, I know you've, you've had a miscarriage. I'll go and, I'm going to go and talk to you. And I, you know, or I, I know these guys, this person really suffers with anxiety. I'm going to go talk to them. I think that's, that's just so good to have that knowledge about who's, you know, who's doing what. The other thing I think for us with that was, for me and Joel, was me being able to say, ask Joel, what do you need? And quite a lot of the time he was like, I just don't, I don't want to, I want to get home and not have to make any decisions because I've just been making decisions all day and I'm actually tired. I can't think. I can't, I, you know, I haven't got the energy for that. Or I, Quite often you'd just be exhausted by the whole thing. So for me, I, I, that was like quite good when he could say something like that because I'm, a I'm quite practical and, you know, I wanted to fix this problem. So I would make sure I'd make him, you know, I'd have dinner and I'd even like lay his clothes out for him sometimes when he got home. So he didn't even have to choose... You know, choose clothes. You know, they're, they're, I know that sounds has, silly. Has that continued? Just, is that still? Sometimes, Luke. Yeah, sometimes, nice. yeah. Every, every cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds that sounds ridiculous, but that was a way of being able to, you know, just I don't know, make it easier for Joel. You know, I know that sounds silly. 1950s housewife, but whatever works. Does anyone else have a question <laughs> they want to ask? Oh, Laurel. Hang on. We'll, hang on. We'll bring the. Bring the mark around. Uh, uh, <laughs> going through that, uh, that spiral, whatever you were going through, with depression. How, how, how did you feel being the, like a father? Were you letting your kids down, or how did you felt going through that? Uh, yeah, I, the thing that I reflect on with it is it, it's so vicious because. You, you start to spiral and the whole thing just compounds for that exact reason you're talking about. Like, you start to feel bad and then you feel even worse because you're like, now I can't, now I'm struggling to do this or whatever. And um, so at the time when I just crashed, like, it, yeah, like everything was just, you're just a pathetic human being. You know, you, I, I can't, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm not doing good at this. I'm not doing good at that. And it's it's not it's not true it's not truth you know like a lot of people think of their thoughts as facts, and they're not actually. 
Um, so, yeah, I felt bad, really, really bad. But just gradually, I've, I've got to a place in myself where I just, I'm, I'm happy to give myself a green tick at a lower level. Do you know what I mean? So, if I've got through this day and I've got some porridge in the kids, I don't know. But, you know, like, just just drop the standard a wee bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of, uh, we're, we're all right, you know. Got like, yeah. and Because God doesn't, God doesn't measure us like that. I don't we, we, we measure ourselves like that, and that's a fat load of rubbish. Like, yeah. we don't need to be doing that. Like, he doesn't measure us like that. He just sees our heart, and he sees the fact that we, you know, it's okay to be ruined. That's probably something that jangles around in my mind. And he and he wants to meet us in the in the ruin and and, and know that actually he's gonna he's gonna rebuild us. But but he stand, he doesn't he doesn't have those standards and those expectations for us. That's such a a, a misconception that I think is quite damaging. We need to we need to know we need to hear that that he he loves us and just as we are without all the doing and without all the stuff we're okay that's probably the single most powerful thing i think mm. anyone else got a question oh just thinking about your um, rock solid foundation versus sinking sand analogy you reckon in the long run it's been healthy for you to go through this to remove some of the the sandy rubbish that you might have been building your self-esteem on instead of on that rock foundation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, that kind of ties in with what, what Luke is saying. Like, uh, And that's sort of what I mean when I say it's okay to be ruined because it's it's actually about all the the, ru- the rubbish stuff that's unhelpful and um, is, is built off the, of the sinking sand is is taken away and, and I just do feel like I'm slowly being rebuilt brick by brick but it is it's it's slow but I'm okay with the slow now do you know what I mean like I'm I'd rather be brick by brick on on a firm foundation than a than just built up on rubbish again so 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 yes so but I don't expect to be a castle overnight do you know what I mean that's probably probably the thing so you're yeah, you, you hit the wall two and a half years ago, and yeah, and presume um, um, I presume there are days you wake up even now where you're just like, this is not a good day. Yeah, um, like there are, there are those of us in the room who have been you know walking with mental illness for a very very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you do on those days when out of the blue overnight boom? Yeah, I still you know I still get that a lot and. Probably the best thing for that I find is just that I might wake up and I might feel rubbish, um, but it's okay. I can feel rubbish for a day. It, you know, it's not it's not actually the it's not actually end of the world. The sun will come up the next day and I'm I'll get up and I'll I'll go again, kind of thing. And just each day is a new day. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, just bring and just try and just actively trying to bring God into that. Equation, I think, um, just knowing that it's all right, you know. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, you know, definitely have certain days that are better than other. I think one thing I would really recommend if you're going through that is just to celebrate every small success, like every little tiny thing that is a, uh, like, uh, I don't know. Here's an example: like you have a meeting at work or something, and you're pretty on edge about it, and 
um, yeah, you feel on edge about it all through it, but you actually do get through it and you look back and say, you know, I was really felt like this was terrible and I was not going to get through it, but actually, and you did feel bad, but you got through it and uh, you just start to build those small successes in and you, and it just compounds back the other way into something that is tangible in terms of celebrating those small things in life that you've managed to kind of achieve. I, I have cyclically um, suffered anxiety and depression too from time to time. And one of the things on those tough days, those tough mornings, um, are a number of things, but one of the things the Lord's just said to me is just one step at a time. You know, one little piece. Because often that, that spiralling, you know, you can take in so much future, the past, um, panic for the day and... You know, Jesus tells us, doesn't he? Just live in yeah. the day. Yeah. There's enough going on in the day. And that's when he provides for us, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah, tough, but just one chip at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, a, that was something I, like, the, when, when you're going through anxiety, the, the, thing, the thing is the what-ifs, you know, like, you have crazy what-ifs. <laughs> you have literally crazy what-ifs, and it's just, it's just, out of this world at levels of imagination that just don't even, you know, there's, there's no rational, there's no rational side of it. It's just like, what if this? But what if that? And then what if this? Um, but what, one of the t- techniques which I try, I don't know if you guys have heard of, but is the so what if? So that's kind of quite a good, a good, a good one. It just, cha- just that that one word just changes the kind of the outlook on it. So, you, you know, so, so so what if I'm anxious? You know, so what if? I'm finding that hard or this hard or I can't be bothered to do that or do you know what I mean? It just it, just those little things can help in that in that cycle, in that in that process of your your thought life. I've been through a similar journey to you and um, one of the real dangers in that low feeling is you can escape into something addictive. Mm, and and that just gives you relief temporary. But in my case, it's got me to the 12-step program and there's one part of one of the prayers that I really love and that's relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. And the way it works out for me is I might end up doing the same thing as I was going to do anyway. I'm doing it for God rather than for myself. Are there any... Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for some reason, I keep coming in my mind back to part of the story of where you would um, wake Jen up in the middle of the night. And um, as annoying as I'm sure that was, I think that's actually a really beautiful thing, in, even in your relationship, but just in the way that you would deal with your, your depression, with your feelings, because such isolating thoughts can just lead to isolation, but instead you still chose to walk in the opposite spirit and go toward relationship, even if you knew it might annoy your wife, actually. And then I was thinking about, um, like in the Gospels, when the uh, disciples are asleep. No, but Jesus is asleep in the boat, and there's the storm going on. And they don't, and they're, they're anxious and they're running around, but like they choose relationship as well, and they wake Jesus up, and they're like, Lord, look, what should we do? And I think that God loves it when we wake him up as well, and when we choose to walk in the opposite spirit to isolation and to relationship. 
Um, and even so, you're doing that just now, just by sharing that with us. So I think that's a really powerful thing. So thank you. Um, how has your view of God's character changed through this process? I know it's a big question. Uh, I just feel like God's not into constructs, eh, like we are. So he's not interested in all the stuff that we do. I just feel like he's, he, just, he just wants our heart. So um, now I'll say he's, he's, he's a loving father because he wants to rebuild me properly. But at the time, I could not understand that he would, could possibly let me feel the way that I felt. So and and it's just a, it's just been a time you know it's just been a time thing to to get round to to that place. But I do feel to encourage us all in that that he, he you know he just he just wants us whole and he's 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 after our heart you know like that the bottom line all the all the other things are just stuff you know life and all those things happen and they're all fine but just that he's he's a, he's a good father and he wants us whole and secure and it, and it, and um you know being secure is being founded on him it's nothing else you know all the other stuff is is not good um in t- in terms of putting your security there so um so that the change has been from one of not completely not understanding how he could possibly let me feel like that to now two and a half years on or whatever actually feeling like he's he, it's actually his loving kindness to to take me through it which is pretty pretty much a paradigm shift You guys, because you're in ministry and working and have children, do you have some specific self-care practices that you do as a as a family, as a as a couple? Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll go first. Um, Sh- sharing, that's beautiful. I've had to learn, like for me, for me, like uh, finding some space has become quite important. Um, so, so I do love I do I do love people I do love the interaction to a point and then I'm like no I, I I need I need some space and for me it's it's going for a walk and it's just literally lying on the ground sun on my face or something do you know what I mean just and then and then because that's a space where I can practice that whole thoughts thing as well I can just practice thinking about God. <laughs> That sounds funny, but that does is actually a real practice ground to think to think about God and the fact that He's He's there in that moment. Um, so that that's something I try and build into each certainly each working day. Like I'll go for an hour, I'll have an hour off work and walk for at least at least half an hour of it, and literally lie down on a bench and just stop, as I feel like also that's part of knowing that He's yeah putting my trust in Him. You know, not just frantically feeling like I've got to do everything all the time, but knowing that he's he's there and he cares and that that kind of thing. That's a personal thing. Do you want to? I, I feel like I'm talking a lot. You you have a go. Oh, that's good. One of the other struggles for us is we actually live with another family, yeah. and that's probably when that's probably one of the other things that just tip tip Joel over the edge with his breakdown, probably because 
it's really hard for us to get space as a family um, living because they've got three kids as well. Um, and it's a great house. It's a big house, and it's something. It's something we it, we've worked on a lot. Um, but we have really valued our, the time we can get together as a family. So for us, we have to. We actually have to really balance our our week. Um, like Joel and I've had to had to like get our date night in, and we have to. We had to say to our housemates that we don't actually want to hang out with you on Friday night. We need to just just have our own space. So Friday night we do nachos and wine, and you have a ginger beer. And we watch a movie or, you know, we do something together, normally at home on a Friday because we're both so tired. But that's like a protected night. We don't book things in on that night. And then we also normally on a Saturday morning would be our kind of family time. We'd go out, we'd get a coffee and go to a park or go to the beach or go for a walk or bike ride with the kids or something. And that we've just recognized probably even more so because we're living in community as well, that that is incredibly important. And at the start of living with them, we weren't doing those things probably. Yeah. Exercise as well, eh? Like, oh, yeah. I really do think, I mean, that, you know, you can say that's secular or whatever, I think it's godly too. Like, um, so I run a bit now and I ride my bike and I just, it, it, it's good. Like, I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't quantify it, if you know what I mean. Like, I didn't, but, but maybe on days when I don't do it, I haven't done it for a wee bit or whatever, that I, I just, need a hit out or something you know like and and, and you know if you're if you're older or whatever and you can't go for a run or a cycle just 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 even a, even a walk or whatever I just, it is good it does, it does do something yeah I mean you're not going to turn into Luke Mears overnight but <laughs> can I just say on that as well like the thing for me with Joel going through this is that it's also made me really made me really self-aware of when I feel low or when I start to feel anxious or start to get down about something. And so having Joel go through it has been really good. And I've been able to like learn from him, like example of the exercise thing. I have, you know, I'm not done, not I don't do any exercise, <laughs> but it has made me it, seeing how good that has been for Joel. Now I've started doing I've start doing some exercise sometimes like this little workouts move at Mama anyone do move at Mama <laughs> where I just do them at home but I know if I'm feeling a bit low I'm like oh yeah I haven't done any exercise oh yeah I haven't had any time for myself um, I haven't read my magazine or I haven't sat and had a coffee by myself I've been you know I I I need to just watch a trashy girl show or you know whatever it is or I need to worship sometimes it's actually I need to I love to sing I love to worship if I haven't if I haven't done some of those things it's made me really aware of the whole self-care thing that we need and we were talking about this weren't we at the weekend this weekend down in Newcastle about how important self-care is you know and like um it it can feel like a selfish thing to to say no to somebody else or to book in a massage for yourself or, or like go for coffee by yourself or buy a magazine or, you know, take, stop for five minutes and lie down in the sun, you know, that can feel like, can feel like a selfish thing. And in the, probably in the, in the church, in the, you know, as a Christian, you can feel I shouldn't be selfish, but actually it's not, there is elements of that that is not, it's not about selfishness. It's actually self-care that I think, we need to not neglect and, and we need to be free to do those things and do the things that we love that bring us life mm. uh, and that feed us, actually. 
Well, Does that answer your question? Yeah. I think um, we might finish up there. Yeah. Sorry, we don't. I mean, you guys, could, we could talk for ages, but, um, I, you know, we, I would like you to pray for us, both of you. Could you pray for us as a church? Um, I'd love you to pray for those of us that are struggling with mental illness and are in the thick of it. And I'd like you to pray for us as a community because like any group of people, there are times when we love each other well and there are times when we absolutely fail each other and we just need the grace of God um, for each other in the, the times when we, we, we're good and the times when we're not. Is that all right? Can you pray for us? Do you want to stand up or like um, I move if you can sit down and move my skirts? One of the um, practices that our friend Lisa told us, if everyone puts their hands out in front of them, this is a really good, this is kind of a takeaway <laughs> for you. Um, so if you just shut your eyes, if, that, if you feel comfortable to do so, or you can keep them open, whatever suits you. But if you just imagine the things in your hands that might cause you a bit of weight, or something from today that's just like on your mind, um, and maybe a worry or a thought, something heavy, just imagine it in your hands. Okay. Just imagine it there. And then when you're ready, just imagine, just turn your hands over so your palms are facing down and just let it go. And just let it go. And then when you're ready to do so, turn your hands back over again and just feel the presence of Jesus, our King, ready to put something good, some kind of gift, something beautiful to you, something strong, something exciting, something glorious back in your hands. And just imagine just receiving that from him. Abba Father, we belong to you. God, I just thank you that you are our king and that you just stand right next to us. And I thank you that you have good for us and that you want it to be light for us. You don't want it to be heavy. So I just pray for this church, God, for, a, for the weight to drop, for us to remember each day to, to turn our weight, to drop it into your hands and to look to what you've, you've got for us.
just feel kind of reminded to say to you guys, and I think you guys are on it, which is good because a lot of people aren't, but like brokenness is good, like brokenness is a sweet thing and um, we really respond to each other in our brokenness and that's where you know Jesus really wants to, to meet us and uh, restore us and make us whole. So Lord, we, do, we just thank you, for, thank you for, for brokenness, Lord. May we not see brokenness as weakness, but as, um, as human and um, a, a place where we can really find you again and find you anew and find you fresh. And it's not something that we should be scared of, but it's a place that we can invite you into and that your whole heart for us is to see us restored and see us brought to a, a place of wholeness. I pray for each one of us here, Lord, that um, in our own hearts, in our own journeys, we're able to come to you and, and, and hear your voice in the whole thing. That's the thing that's made such a difference to me in that place of, place of ruin, that I, hear, I heard your voice and I have to keep practicing hearing your voice, that that you care, you care for me, and you care for each one of us here, and you just, you've got, you've got our best at heart. Just pray you bless this, this church, uh, for Luke and Caro who are, who are leading this thing through. Lord, just that this sense of authenticity and realness would, would just run, run deep and wide in terms of. Um, as a coach, as a culture, you know that we can really share these things that are are real. There's no there's no pretense. There's just honesty and, and, and openness before you, um, knowing that we need you in our lives, Lord. I pray that we daily would would uh, remind ourselves of the fact that we really we really need you and that you make all the difference. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jen and Joel, for your honesty with us and for all that you shared. It's good.